there have been a number of times where I'm like, do you not understand how to use this roundabout? Just yeah, please go. There, there's an uh, an ever like lasting learning curve to the to the roundabout. True. Yeah. Um, I do like roundabouts though. I don't mind them. Yeah, we could we could go into a whole but tangent if about every roundabouts. traffic stop was a roundabout. That'd be a little you know tedious. Yeah, I like yeah. I like Oreos, but if every meal was an Oreo, I'm not sure I would love Oreos anymore. Yeah. We're back in the Holy Hive once again. I'm Jordan Delacruz, joined with Dan Lawler to talk about what's going on in Utah culture as of late. I have a couple things I want to catch up with you on over this past week. One, the ongoing saga of your bed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Did that finally come? No, it was supposed to come today. It still has For the most, The most recent one was it was supposed to come today, and we were informed yesterday at like 6 p.m. that it's now going to come October 3rd or something like that. So we ordered, we bought this bed mm-hmm. on September 4th. So we are just... Just shy of that one month mark, and I have zero faith that it's going to be delivered on the third. So you so. don't even think it's going to. So, so they're going to miss their next proposed date. I would assume so. Yeah. yeah, they have no answers in the store. They say that it's like an inventory issue with their with their like you know warehouse, mm-hmm. but like that's all the same company. You guys got to talk to each other and figure some shit out. I mean, I don't know how much social justice we're going to get out of our audience, but is there like a company you want to drag here publicly? Oh, it's just Mattress Firm. You guys oh, okay. can, everybody can drag Mattress Firm. I've dragged him on the phone, and he's dragged him on the well, phone. So, there. I think I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that might they might be like a money like laundering. It seems operation. like it, right? Yeah, there's so many of them, and it's like who who needs a, a mattress that often? I know. You know. You probably haven't needed a mattress in years, and when you finally need one, they're not coming through. <laughs> Their excuse is that they get... So we got our little base, the adjustable base, so we could put our heads up, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. We got that for free. They threw it in for free with our bed, and that is what is holding us up. We could have gotten the mattress oh. <laughs> on September 12th. You know, We could have gotten it a week after we ordered it, but, yeah. but we want it all at the same time because I don't want to be sleeping on the ground. Um and yeah, they I guess they gave away too many of those on Labor Day. Oh really? I guess so. But like <sighs> how do you not if you have a special, how do you not expect yeah, that to happen? For sure. Um, well, I hope that gets uh resolved quickly. Me too. That's that's that seems very frustrating. I I almost thought this week we were gonna get the Yeah, it's finally here. Yeah, that, I wanted like a review and everything of your new bed, but I guess we'll have to wait. Uh stay tuned to the Holy Hive <laughs> yeah. to uh uh see the, the, the final conclusion of Dan's bed saga. Um, also, for the most part, over the past week, I've been kind of a shut-in. But you were on the streets last Friday. You went I, to. I uh, was on the streets. Yeah. Yeah. You went to the uh, Twilight concert series. I did. I went and saw Lake Street Dive. And who was it that opened for them? Uh, Laufey, I believe, is, catch- is is her name. No, she was on a bit earlier than we expected. Oh, really? Um, oh. Yeah. Lake Street Dive was on at eight thirty. I want to oh, okay. say. And so Laufey ended at like eight fifteen, and I think we probably caught like the last like fifteen minutes or so of her set. Uh huh. But she was very quiet. Yeah. I was really worried about Lake Street Dive, actually. Like, I was like, let's get up close because this is really quiet. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, if I'm being honest, I didn't love the setup very much at, at Galvin. You're the second one that's that went to that concert last week that said that. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That they didn't like the setup or that it was quiet? Yeah, that they didn't like the setup. Yeah, it was it was very poorly set up. I got the meanest woman. This I, <laughs> Out of the kindness of my heart, I turned around to this woman behind me. I was like, are we okay to stand here? You can still see, right? And she just looks me dead in the eye and says, can you go somewhere else? We've been waiting for this band. And I'm like, what? Everybody here was waiting yeah, for this yeah, band, oh, jackass. They're the headliner. Were you standing in a crowd of people? Yeah, like exactly. Like a sea of humans? There's yeah. an opening. I tried to stand there, so then we got shoot away. But Ugh. Lake Street Dive was excellent. Yes, so. as always. That's yeah. a band that I usually make it out to. I've seen them probably four times at this point over the past five years. Yeah. And uh, didn't make it to this one because I slept on tickets. And to my surprise, they sold out. Yeah. Like, they sold out pretty quick, which makes me happy because I've always thought that Lake Street Dive is a band that needs... Needs that presence. Yeah, they're one of the they're one of those bands. They're probably the closest to their like recordings live. You know what yeah, I mean? Like no, there's just very point. little difference. Mm-hmm. That's that classical yeah. training. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, they, they. I think they all did meet in like like uh, a, a specialty music college, like yeah. a music conservatory. But um, yeah, the my favorite thing about watching Lake Street Dive is that I mean they're they're kind of mostly the the, the hook of the band is the singer. Mm -hmm. because she's just like insane she's ridiculous and she 
really drives home that recording to live yeah. uh, experience. And uh, But when you see them live, you start to watch all of the other people on stage. And each band member is equally good at their part as she is at singing. Like their, their drummer I've always loved because he's tight and he, he, he mixes it up a lot, but he doesn't go crazy. He doesn't showboat. He doesn't do like crazy drum solos or anything. He's just really tight. And then their bass player is insane too. For sure. And it's, it's always fun to see like a stand up bass always in, in pop music. Cause you see, you see like if you see a jazz band playing it like Caputo's or something, usually there's a stand up bass, but, um, in like pop music, that's like really cool to see. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you made it out there. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, yeah, but that, that, that was it. The, it was the Galvin thing. It that, was that like, Galvin. Was probably, see, I've been to shows at Galvin where I think it like worked, but sometimes it doesn't. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just like because of a crowd thing. Like if they're, if it's just packed wall to wall, it's like pretty bad. I don't know. Was it, was it like shoulder it was, to shoulder? Yeah, it was very crowded. Um, and that, that was something that I really get frustrated by at, uh, outdoor concerts is that like the sound escapes so much easier so you get to hear everyone just yelling around you so much clearer Mm -hmm. um and so so the further you get back the more conversations you're hearing about things that are not related to music yeah um my big my big gripe was just like in the center of the crowd they had their two like audio tents set up and it was like man you were just like can yeah, you move the, this? The back of the house else? operation, yeah. Like, is in the center of the crowd, and I can't see the stage from, like, you know, right in the middle of this mm-hmm. this pack. It's so, yeah. so that was my big my big gripe. Yeah, see, I wonder if they could, like, run that operation up to that building that's in the back. Yeah. You know, so it leaves that whole middle section for the crowd. Yeah, Galvin seems to always get kind of lukewarm reviews with their – uh, big concert events. Wonderful venue. It's just like, I'm not sure I love it for that specific, yeah. you know. Um, now to my entertainment stuff, because I, uh, being the shut-in that I was over the past week, I actually got into a lot of uh, TV. There you go. Did a lot of streaming over the past week. Um, and, you know, we spent in a good amount of the podcast last week talking about fall. And we did. And how hyped we are that fall's here. Um, and I really jumped into it this week. Uh with uh, an uptick in like horror fiction uh, that I've been consuming. Um, so I started listening to the ringers uh, Hall- Halloween unmasked. Uh-huh. You've listened to that. Haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. So for those who don't know the ringer, I think it was when the last Halloween movie came out yeah, in so 2018, 2018, uh, they produced like a limited series about the making and history of Halloween and the cultural impact that that series has had. Um, and really good, really good. Uh, series and I think it's starting to become like a yearly listen for me. And oh, like, interesting. I'm already, like, yeah, I don't Have know. If you, so, had you listened to it in the past? Yeah. Oh, so okay. I listened to it once, and then I was just like, I don't like. Sometimes when I uh, when I want to click into something, like I'm like, I, w- I just want to get into horror. Yeah. For Halloween, you know, I just want to start watching movies and stuff like that. I'll get bored with kind of my routine media diet, so like podcasts. I'm kind of I start to get bored with, um, and I'm just like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. I'm gonna listen to that again, and. I, f- I would say that like 40% of it still actually feels kind of new. Like there was a lot that I forgot about it and getting back into it. I'm like, maybe this could be like a yearly tradition, like listening to Halloween Unmasked. And it's just because I'm like a Hall- a huge Halloween fan. I can't yeah. recommend it for everyone, obviously, but um, really good listen. Um, also started watching that new horror show uh, that came out on Netflix this last week, Midnight Mass. I talked to you about it right after I finished it. Mm-hmm. I just basically hyped it up to you over text and you were in the middle of a show. Have you started Midnight Mass? I've not started Midnight Mass yet. Okay. I wanted to wait until October to start it. Oh, so you're going to like, you're like kind of just gearing up for it. Yeah. And yeah. I do have a concern that with last year, last year, same uh, writer director mm-hmm. uh, put out a series called The Haunting of Bly Manor, which yeah. was like the, you know, the follow up to Hill House. Uh-huh. And I admittedly only got like halfway through that before it fell off because it, if I don't finish it in October, I'm done with spooky stuff after October yeah. ends. I'm like really, really over it. And there are so many movies sprinkled in that I want to watch during October that it's hard yeah. to fit a whole TV Special, show in. Yeah, yeah, especially this like this specific October. There's just a lot of crazy releases coming out. Uh, I would say that in comparison to uh, Bly Manor and Hill House, it's I think it's slightly above Bly mm-hmm. Manor and about on par with Hill House. Yeah, um, it's something that like I was like really hooked into. Like Bly Manor. 
Um, it was kind of treading a lot of the same ground that like Hill House did in terms of, I mean, just like it's like a haunted house story sure. essentially. Um, and while they like tied in different themes, and it was like a whole different setting or whatever. They're kind of using a similar formula. So, um, but this like felt completely new. Like it was like a horror series stripped down. And this is another mini series. So it's not something you're going to continue on for uh, multiple seasons or anything like that. Um, and for those who don't know, the I'm just going to read the synopsis. Uh, small t- a small island town starts to experience miracles and strange omens as an unfamiliar priest arrives to take over their small Catholic church. Uh, even without that synopsis, the fact that it's just Mike Flanagan, yeah. I'm just like in. Because I'm subscribed to like anything that that guy does. I am as well. Yeah. And uh, I would say that like the thing that really drove it home for me with that director specifically is Dr. Sleep that... Did you did you see Doctor Sleep? Yeah. Did you see it in theaters or did you see it on? I saw, yeah, I think I saw it opening night. I was very excited for it. Yeah. So I missed it in theaters. I don't know what was going on, but I just completely missed it in theaters. And then I saw it when they released it on HBO Max. And from what I understand, the diff- the the theater version and the the version that they released on HBO Max are different. Mm-hmm. So there was some meddling that the studio did with the cut before they released it to theaters. It got kind of lukewarm reviews, even though a lot of people still really liked it. And then they allowed Mike Flanagan to get back in there and kind of adjust it for when they release it for home. And people are like, this is the definitive version. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, I, yeah, I was extremely impressed with that. And then obviously being like a fan of like Hill House and Bly Manor, which I did think was like a little small drop in quality, but was still really great. Um, but Midnight Mass wrecked me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's it's one of those things where it's like hard to recommend it for everyone, especially since we're kind of, programmed we, we 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 know what to expect out of a horror show and this doesn't do that it sets it up that it's clearly going to be dealing with like hor- horror elements and obviously mike flanagan's kind of big thing is that he kind of mirrors stephen king's approach to horror which is like you need to have all of this deep thematic stuff that connects to not scary things or scary things that aren't horror related like personal trauma yeah, and addiction a addiction, lot with him. Yeah, stuff like that. And drawing parallels between like ghosts and drug addiction or yeah, whatever it is. You totally. Know? So he takes that approach to it and he really leans into that side of things. Um, and there are like, I've seen a lot of people say that there's a lot of the monologuing and stuff that could be taken out. But I, I like, I was a big fan of it. There is a lot of people, like it, most of that series is people talking in a room. But the stuff that they're talking about feeds into the whole tone of what's going on. And just as like a, what you expect out of a mini series, the beats, you know, like, or a season of television where the last second to last episode tends to be this big uh, chaotic climax or whatever. It really kind of breaks that apart and makes them like really bold choices, like early on in the show and then later on in the show. And then the way they end it is like insane. Um, But uh, I've heard people also say that like, people that are affiliated with Catholic, the Catholic religion mm-hmm. and your family, your family's Catholic. Yeah. Like you grew up Catholic, didn't you? For sure. They said that like, if you grew up Catholic and you've been to like these like masses and stuff like that, this is going to hit you in a specific way. Oh, no. <laughs> so this and Lady yeah. Bird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So uh, for people looking to uh, check out something on Netflix over the next month, Midnight Mass was really, really good. Um, and I'd like to hear what other people think about it. And you have missed Midnight Mass. I mean, maybe this is the reason you missed it, but you said when I brought it up to you, you said that you were watching a different show on Netflix over the past week. Yes, me along with it seems like everybody else in the world. I guess I it know. Is. Like I, I, I zagged. Everyone yeah. went for this show. I guess uh, Squid Game uh, to not bury the lead um, yeah. is what I'm currently watching. I'm not all the way through it yet, so I don't have like a fully fleshed yeah. out take or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I guess it is just shooting up the charts for Netflix. Like it's Mm -hmm. expected to be their biggest show that they've ever made, which is just nuts given that it's a South Korean, Mm -hmm. very strange South Korean show. Um, I understand the appeal. Like I understand why it's popular. It's a very simple premise of like, you know, you got all all of these kind of like misfortunate people, Mm -hmm. like whether they are, you know, they're, they're all basically in debt, whether it's from gambling or, you know, chasing stocks yeah. or whatever. Troubled souls. Yeah, troubled souls. And this mysterious entity brings them together to, like, play children's games, life or death, basically, for to win a ton of money. Whoa. And so it's like, 
the premise is simple enough in terms of like how they tell it episodically like it's like okay every episode or every other episode is going to deal with one of these games so yeah like there is like a nice flow to the show i think that it's really well put together in terms of like the direction Mm -hmm. you know there's there's a lot of fun and a lot of surprises but it's also like a really rough watch in a lot of ways yeah so i'm having a lot of fun with it um there's uh an actress that i i had never seen before um and I think she's just like a South Korean model, and that's probably why I've never seen her before. She's uh-huh. not been in much, and I'm ready to give it all up. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, um, I was actually surprised. I saw the the uh, reports too that it had been like charting really well with Netflix, and obviously Netflix is a international company. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering how much like uh, American viewership is responsible for that because. If that is the case, it makes me really happy that South something that's like South Korean in a I'm assuming it's a completely different language and subtitle. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, is hitting this big over here. And I mean, a couple of years ago, we saw Parasite win Best Picture at the Academy Awards. And yeah, people who are and I'm not like I'm definitely not someone who can speak to international film really well. Mm-hmm. I'm most for the most part, mainstream uh, American, uh, an American viewer. But like even just being slightly into movies, you know how long South Korea has just been like bringing it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And to see them finally kind of like compete with the stuff that America's putting out. um, I'm like, I'm I'm here for it. I want way more South Korean context. I don't know what it is, but they just have a different viewpoint of the world. For sure. That's a very general statement to make about an entire nation. (laughs) But like the stuff that comes out of there is a very unique perspective and not the one that we're used to. Like here, you get to, there's so much that you can accomplish when your country just gives you free internet. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that entire country has just been wired for high speed internet since the nineties. So yeah, ahead in many ways. Yep. Okay. Let's dig into some, uh, some news clippings. Uh, I don't know why I just like decided I wanted to talk about this because I saw it and I thought it was really funny. Uh, an 86 year old former rocket scientist has broken the record for the largest pumpkin in the state of Utah. Let's go. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Also, this being a, a local-oriented podcast, I realize how uh, <laughs> silly announcing, like, oh, hey, beat the state record. It'd be cooler if it was, like, someone from Utah beat the world record. Yeah. But it's like a Utah beat the state record. Um, anyway, I'm not I'm not trying to uh, diminish his accomplishment, but uh, I always I thought that was funny that, that I was I was posturing it that way or the news was posturing it that way. But anyway, the pumpkin weighed uh, at, at uh, weighed in at twenty or two thousand one hundred forty two pounds. Crazy, that's insane. Uh, beating the previous record by nine hundred and seventy two pounds. Yep. Uh, and I did check. This is this wasn't in the report, but I was like very curious about this. I wanted to know what the world record for the biggest pumpkin was. Uh, twenty six hundred pounds. Ooh, he's so close. So he's pretty close. Yeah. Maybe next year. I think this dude could go for it. He had two pumpkins that beat yeah. the record. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. When uh, So KSL did a report. This is where I ran into it. I ran into their video report um, on YouTube, and uh, they filmed it while he was loading them up into his um, his truck. And, yeah, he had three of them. So there was one in the bed of the truck and then two on a trailer that they were pulling yeah. behind it. And two of them ended up beating that record. Uh, so I don't know what this guy's doing, but I did love what he had to say in this report. So I just wanted to play that real quick. The one on the truck and the one on the front are over 1,900. This one's somewhere around 1,800. Good for the soul to watch these plants grow. What will my legacy be? Will I only be remembered as a guy that built weapons of mass destruction. And so I said, I gotta find some hobby so I'll give him something else to think about. I love this guy. <laughs> Pumpkins of mass destruction now. <laughs> yeah. This guy goes big. I love uh, him too. I, I do. I, like, and the way that they cut this report caught me off guard so hard because he, he's, he says, like, it's been beautiful just to watch things grow. And they've got, like, this shot of, like, a sunflower. <laughs> and it's and then he's like, what will my legacy be? Will I be known for building weapons of mass destruction? I was like, wait, hold on, what? <laughs> and before I watched this, I didn't read the part where he, he, he was, was a rocket, a rocket scientist, scientist yeah. for, like, the military. And uh, it's so it completely caught me off guard. I'm like, what is he talking about? Uh, but, you know, good for him. 
I just enjoyed, I read, you know, just, I didn't read this on KSL. I read it on like Cash Valley Daily or something. Oh, really? Yeah. There was a problem with our document and I couldn't like get the link. And so uh, the first line of it was just um, a giant pumpkin grower in Brigham City was all smiles Friday when he loaded up his three huge gourds for the Utah <laughs> State Wayoffs at Hee Haw Farms. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> that sounds like a, uh, it literally sounds like a satirical headline they would use in like Parks and Recreation. I know. I love the word gourds though. I know. Gourd. I love the word gourd. That was like, uh, that's one of my favorite ways or like idioms to say you're crazy is like you're out of your gourd yeah that's it's a it's, it's great <laughs> this guy's out of his gourd yeah. another quote if i can from yeah. from this cash valley article it just really <laughs> warmed my heart this dude is 86 years old and the reason that he was able to bit break this record is because he you know he decided to analyze his process for pumpkin growing uh-huh. find ways to improve and he's quoted saying, you can't keep doing the same thing year after year and expect a change in results. I found a mentor to help me, some good seeds, and I gave them some water. <laughs> this dude is 86. He's finding a mentor. He's, like, trying to improve his process. He's an agent of growth. I'm over here like, ah, well, I don't want to change anything. This is just fine how it works now. Yeah. Why change anything? This dude's always out for improvement. Well, I mean, if he's, he's, he's a rocket scientist. True. I mean, that's the probably the... the uh, the uh, cliche headline for this is for this guy growing pumpkins ain't rocket science. You know, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, but like, he's a smart guy and he's very motivated even in his uh, twilight years. That's right. Um, but I loved that, <laughs> that part about his legacy and him just like, Hey, I've only built things that killed people. <laughs> I want to build something else yeah. for my legacy. And it's like, I'm going to build the big, or I'm going to grow the biggest pumpkin, the biggest pumpkin in Utah. What do you, what do you think would be good? So, so without even thinking about like what you do for work, because obviously I think the, the way that we think about our work is like, we want our work to be our legacy. If you think about it that deeply, I don't think people actually go around thinking, what's my legacy going to be? But I think we default to that. It's like what I'm doing here now, I want to do well at. Um, True. But I like the idea of a post-retirement legacy Yeah. where you're just like, I don't need to worry about money anymore. I don't need to worry about social pressures, anything like that, providing for people. Now I just get to do whatever I want. So what's my legacy from here on out going to be? Yeah. So uh, what, what would you, what would you imagine a good post-retirement legacy to be? I think that I would probably just, my big thing is I just want to be known by everyone at the establishments I eat at. I don't know if that's, that's a legacy, really. Maybe people that come to those establishments. <laughs> There's a guy that goes to Fisher. I haven't actually seen him in like this year because he was incredibly old. So I'm like, I'm not sure I'll see him at Fisher. In Wait, public. is this the dude that always has the drip? Yeah. Yeah. This dude just so old. And I'm just like, man, that's what I want to be. I want kids in their youth to look at me in a diner and just be like, who's that? Why is that old guy always here? And then all the people there just know me. Yeah. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. There, there, there's always those people that you see at like the regular haunts, like the, the fish. So the fisher guy, he always has like cool jackets on. Yeah. He dresses honestly like someone who shops at like a really hip consignment store. You're like, oh, everything, all these, all these styles that people are trying to reproduce. He probably was like the OG. Yeah. Like, and he wears like <laughs> fitted jeans and stuff, but he's like, he looks way old. And I mean, I, maybe someone that's listening knows him. Like I would, I like to talk to him sometimes, yeah. but uh, I went to the uh, beer fest in Evanston and he was there. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, dude. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I recognized him immediately. That's amazing. And I hadn't been to, I hadn't seen him at Fisher in a long time. Yeah. And so when I saw him, I was like, oh, it's so good to see that guy. Like I've never met him we've never talked but i always saw him and i was like oh it's you know what i don't know this guy good to see him though. good to see him um legacy ideas i was thinking maybe after i retire i always thought this but um people so this is me being general about the uh, elderly population right now but at least the elderly people in my life don't really play video games sure uh and I've, I've always thought that when we get old it's going to be kind of cool to be old and retire like everyone talks about like oh you don't want to be old because you're immobile or whatever maybe you're, you have health problems um putting those aside it's going to be a great environment to be old like potentially just like completely worldwide legal weed true and all the video games you can play not only that but you don't have to like assimilate to video games because we've grown up with video games so we already know all this stuff 
Um, I think retirement for our generation is actually going to be really cool. So beat every mainstream video game would be a cool. That would be cool. Those were the things that I was thinking about. Like beat every, I was trying to categorize it because I did the math and you can't beat every video game because. It'd be pretty tough. From just a quick Google search, there's over (laughs) 100,000 video games. Or no, no, no. So 1,100,000, sorry. 1,000,000, so 1.1 million video games. And I was like, if they're on average about, and this is a very nice guesstimation, about 15 hours to play through. On average, some of them are way shorter, some of them are way longer. Sure. Uh, You wouldn't have enough time in 90 years to play them all. Okay. (laughs) So uh, I was like, can't do that. Um, But I was like, mainstream video games. So like every contender for game of the year, let's say, in every year since they started having those awards. I think that that is a great idea. Yeah, that would be cool. It's like those people who want to watch like every film on the AFI Top 100. Yeah, and I thought about that too. Maybe every film ever nominated for an Academy Award. That's pretty pretty good. Yeah, and then write a complete redo of every Academy (laughs) Award. Like this is how it actually should have gone. Um, I always thought it'd be cool to develop a junk food that's healthier than supplements. Like what kind of junk food? Like a cheeseburger that has perfect protein, carb, and fat Mm. macros. You know what I'm saying? I would be interested in that. Right? I feel like that's coming. It just it's 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 too big of a problem that all the best food is bad for you. True. That feels like a real a real problem that humanity needs to figure out. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where this one came from. I want to reverse reverse breed dogs back to domestic wolves. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that would be cool. I was like, just be a cool. wild yeah, boy. we just all had a bunch of wolves. <laughs> Uh, and then when I get really old and maybe I'm like, okay, I don't care if I die today, just free solo climb the U2 monstrosity over by the aquarium. You know, the big claw. <laughs> that's a good legacy. Who's right? that guy over there? Oh, that's the guy that, that free solos at the age of 90 and also <laughs> reversed dogs back to wolves. <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> legacy, I think. Uh, anyway, good for the pumpkin guy. Yeah, good Love for him. him. Yeah. A uh, little follow-up on a story that we covered last week, which was the uh, TikTok devious licks trend, mm-hmm. um, which is the trend where uh, Utah high school kids are stealing and vandalizing things in their local schools, uh, then filming it, putting it on TikTok, and then the goal is to one-up people in these uh, activities. So one Utah high school is taking serious action in response to this trend, uh, and uh, that's Murray High School. Their response is to start charging $5 to attend every football game throughout the rest of the year. So according to Fox, 13, Fox 13's report, some parents uh, felt it was unfair to punish the whole st- uh, student body, but the school hopes that this will send a message that vandalism will not be tolerated. A representative from the school uh, told Fox 13, as with other schools across the country, Murray High School has experienced our share of vandalism and theft due to the viral TikTok challenge being promoted. These devious actions have continued to escalate and are costing untold sums in material and time expense repairs. As stewards of taxpayer funding, and at a time when resources are limited and academic needs are great, it is our duty to be response uh, to be responsive to the senselessness or this senseless waste of money. Further, it's important that we communicate tandem messages of zero tolerance for criminal behavior and respect for property and each other. We plead with our valued partners in the media to help spread this message to parents and students that vandalism, theft, and other mischief in public schools is unacceptable. Uh, is unacceptable content or conduct that must be addressed. You always got your mind on the content. I know, right? <laughs> uh, well, this is all about content. Devious lick makes for good content. I wish you um, would have said devious licks instead of devious actions. These I know, devious right? Actions. These devious licks. <laughs> Um, so yeah, five dollars uh, now to go to a Murray High School football game. I don't know if that's going to affect attendance uh, no. at these football games. I don't think so. I, I don't feel like I had to pay when I was a kid. Maybe not. I know. Did I, I'm trying to remember. Did we have to pay to get in? Maybe Roy just does it like that. Or maybe there was like something. Was there like a school membership that you signed up for that got you in for free or something? I can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Um, I don't. I don't know if this seems like the, the the best like solution to stop this. No, it seems like a way to get rid of the guilt. It's like, oh, I, I don't care if I, I'm gonna go to the football game later this week, so it doesn't matter if I steal this thing. I'm yeah. giving my five dollars. Yeah, and <laughs> now that maybe they found a way to like get money from people to pay for these things, maybe they're like, hey, this is gonna get paid for anyways. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does take away the guilt. Um, it doesn't seem like a zero tolerance policy, though. It seems like a five dollar tolerance policy. <laughs> um, I, I, in, in that article that Fox 13 put out, they also said that they were talking about canceling school activities 
uh, to stop this kind of vandalism. That seems a little bit more down the line for, like, yeah. you know, costs a lot of money to put on prom, so maybe we cancel prom. Uh, also, I was just thinking about this, but um, people that are performing these things are doing it for the sole purpose of filming it and putting it on the internet. So would it be hard for investigators to figure out who's doing this? I know. It like, really shouldn't be. Like, I'm not, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be, but there's evidence out there of this, like, at the school. And I feel like if you ran into some of these videos, you could see people in them that you would recognize or that people around the school would recognize. You'd at least put up some, like, blurry screenshots around school and try to figure out who was responsible for something. I don't know if they're actually investigating this uh, heavily, or if they're just kind of like, hey, this would be a good way to make extra money around the school. <laughs> We're just going to start charging for football games. Either, you know. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but that was I, I thought that was kind of interesting that now schools are taking uh, financial action to, to mitigate these things. Anyway, uh, so this is the kind of the big story of the week. Uh, a big kerfuffle. Big kerfuffle. Going on in Mill Creek right now. Uh, so right now, and I had to do a lot of research into this to figure out how these different government bodies work, especially <laughs> on the city level, because city politics is not my profession. Yeah. Um, but right now, uh, Mill Creek City Council is at odds with Mill Creek's City Planning Commission. So the City Planning Commission is a voluntary group of people who receives comments from uh, applicants, uh, citizens, and city staff regarding land use applications and other city planning issues. So they don't have final say on what gets planned or how money is spent in city planning, but they're kind of the bridge between the city council and like uh, the industry and the citizens. So they'll get like public comment on things and they'll try to advise for or against certain things. Um, but essentially the problem breaks down like this. So Reagan, the infamous billboard company, they own land in Mill Creek. You being a Mill Creek resident probably know that they own plenty of land in Mill Creek. Yeah. There's like really old billboards just everywhere. Everywhere. In the uh, kind of between 7th East and Highland mm -hmm. on 33rd. So anyway, Reagan owns all this land in Mill Creek where they put up billboards. Now that land is needed to develop Mill Creek's new city center, which includes like a new town hall and some other public facilities. It's essentially going to be like their downtown. Uh, so Reagan has the right to refuse the selling of the land. So city administrators have struck a deal to tear down five static billboards so that they can develop that land for the new city center. And in exchange, they're going to build three electronic billboards at the entrance of the new Mill Creek Commons in exchange for the land. So uh, the billboards would technically be owned by the city, but Reagan would build and maintain the billboards while also controlling 60% of the messaging shown on the billboards for the next 40 years. 40 years. Yeah, that's an insane amount of 40 time. 40 years. <laughs> you think these billboards are going to be here in 40 years, yeah, you yeah. fucking idiot? <laughs> no, and not only that, but as it stands today... There is language in the in the city ordinance that says that digital billboards are not allowed. Yeah. Billboards can only be static images. Yep. Um, and they can't be lit by LED lighting. Uh, so the city planning commission has stated that they were given only one day to review the deal and collect public comment before city the the city council needed to vote on the decision. Since uh, since then, the commission has called for a third party conflict commission to review the situation. And at a city council meeting Monday, city planning commission member Dave Allen stated that he thinks the numbers on Reagan's proposal um, are incorrect and that they might be giving away even more value than the city will be getting um, out of the billboards. And other issues that people have brought up are just the aesthetics yeah, it's of the billboard, uh, especially for like Mill Creek, which is a kind of mountain hugged town. Yeah, it's small. You know, they want to preserve those aesthetics um, as well as uh, the mayor's connections to the Reagan advertising company and not only the, Ra the, the, the mayor, but some of the uh, city council members, the, the, so the mayor has had, has the past two campaigns of his mm -hmm. have been Reagan advertising or whatever has contributed to his campaigns. Uh -huh. The assistant city manager who is also somehow in the Utah house as a representative for West Valley um, is has received three different donations from Reagan. <clears throat> and, and then one of the yeah. city council women has received campaign donations from Reagan. So yeah, a lot of money and a lot of pockets. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with all that, when reading into all of this, just what, just as, as you kind of went through this, what was your kind of 
instant reaction to what was going on here. My instant reaction is to hate all billboard like things ever. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. anytime the billboards are in the news, it's bad. It's yeah, and and <laughs> that was the thing that I was gonna bring up. Like I almost made this part of the the uh, prep. But it started to get too long that I was like, we're not going to be able to, like, this has to be a whole episode if we're going to do it like this. But it was like basically digging through Reagan's history with Salt Lake. Yeah. And the problems they've had. It's expansive. It's huge. There was just last year they tried to get the whole digital billboard thing passed and then mm-hmm. like it got snuffed out somewhere in, in the process. But like, it's just, why? Billboards are ugly. Yeah. They're, I don't need, especially in Mill Creek, you know what I mean? I don't yeah, yeah, need... Yeah. I don't need the huge because basically where this is going to be, if you know Mill Creek or honestly, it's like really on the edge of Mill Creek. I don't know if it's really super Mill Creek, but yeah, where Harmon's is in Brickyard, like basically across the street, they're going to build the city center with like an ice skating rink Mm -hmm. and the new city council. That's unnecessary. They already have like a weird storefront city council across the street. (laughs) They're basically like the Halloween town city council, Halloween city. (laughs) What are those places? Yeah. Yeah, The places that take over Best Buy's. Yeah. It literally looks like it used to be a Kmart. Yeah, Yeah. it does. Um, but yeah, I just don't think it's, it's necessary. Yeah, and there was it just like reading through the the research that the Salt Lake Tribune did. They wrote a really good article on this, by the way, uh, that goes deep into all the details of this. But um, like, um, so the the guy, so I can't remember what his name is. I think it's Dave Reagan, the guy that's like the head of it. He was like, yeah, something like Dewey Reagan. Dewey Reagan, that's what yeah. it is. I give him a lot of credit with Dave Dewey Reagan. Dewey Reagan. Yeah, uh, he was like. When when he was asked about it, they were like, "Hey, we're not. We, this wasn't my idea." Yeah, like, and that's already like bad news if if someone's just like trying to skirt responsibility for anything that's going on here. Um, I mean, like we pointed out earlier, the idea that they would control sixty percent of the messaging for forty years yeah. is insane. Yeah, and I've uh, in that article, I can't remember if it was the Mike Winder guy. Someone in there was basically like, this could act as like a community billboard to promote events and stuff like that. And it's like, if you want to do that, then just do that on your own. Like managing essentially what is a slideshow on a screen is not hard. No. Like that, you can do that really simple. You just have to get the money to build it and then you maintain control of it. And not only that, but if you want to sell advertising on it for some reason, then try to do it in a responsible manner that maybe you're just advertising businesses in Mill Creek. Yeah. Maybe that's it. Yeah. But Reagan isn't going to do that. Reagan's no. going to advertise to anyone that they can sell to. We're going to get well, yeah. erectile dysfunction ads yeah. and Botox ads mm-hmm. and all the other ads. Cosmopolitan is porn. All of these things that yeah. that are littered the littered along the freeway mm-hmm. everywhere you go. Those are, those are what we're going to be getting. Yeah. And th- I almost like wouldn't mind if they stuck to the freeway because I'm just like, kind of like whatever, like I don't like being on the freeway anyways. Like Mm -hmm. it's just, and no matter where you go, like along I-15 from Mexico to Alaska, there's just billboards along the entire thing. So it's like, that seems kind of like, like kind of a lost cause, but in the middle of your like city or your town or, um, you know, it's actually, it it reminds me of uh, a joke in, uh, the first season of, uh, I think you should leave when he's like talking crap on that, on, on his friend's house. He's like, it's the, it's the really crappy house that you can see the KFC sign out the yeah. front window. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like literally kills property value. Yeah. Um, yeah. You don't want to be like that. I mean, there, there, I think I saw this on, on one of the Reddit, th- Reddit comments, but someone was saying that there's a, a Reagan billboard that's in this spot downtown and they're building an apartment complex and the corner or the side, one of the sides of the building is going up right behind the building. Mm -hmm. So essentially like a couple floors of those apartments will just be stuck behind that billboard. Yeah. I think it's the new post building that they're building on third West. I I was looking at it the other day, like, Mm -hmm. is that going to be taken down? Yeah. And it just kills the aesthetic of your city. Yeah. Like, and so I, I understand now, I don't think their motivation is to be like, we have, we need a, we need a bulletin that we can keep everyone up to date, you know, first of all, how, how effective are billboards? Like if you really want to let people know, like even putting advertising aside, if you want to, if you want people to know about a city event, 
is a billboard going to be the most effective way to get that information to people? No. <laughs> like we live in the digital age now. Yeah. Like we can, there's better ways to do that. Um, I don't necessarily think that's their motivation. I think if anything, it's, they just want that land and the way that they're trying to develop that property. I mean, th- that's probably why they're in this problem in the first place is because Reagan has a huge contract on that land that they probably can't break through. And so we're going to sign another contract on that land. So 40 years down the line, when a completely different generation wants to do something with the city, they have to tussle with Reagan now. They got to deal with Dewey Reagan Jr. <clears throat> Dewey Reagan Jr. Um, so it just seems like a really backwards way to deal with the whole thing. And uh, I tuned into the the city council meeting that they had on Monday. Oddly enough, a lot of this is streamed. Like you can watch a lot of these city council meetings as they happen. Um and yeah, they, it, it does seem like the city council is pretty adamant on moving forward with this. They were, there was, there was one point where they were like, let's bring in a conflict commission. And they were like, that's going to take more time. Uh, we need to, we have a specific person that investigates these things. We're just going to set you up a meeting with him, but he probably can't get with you guys until next week. And they're like, oh, well we, if we do a conflict commission, we can have people on this tomorrow. And they were like, oh, we'll just wait for the guy. Like the city council just like would not well, Yeah, we'll wait yeah. till the guy that we, yeah. we've got in yeah. our pocket. And uh um and they and it was funny because they were like, We'll 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 talk about this stuff. And and they were bringing up real concerns. They were like, the numbers that on this proposal are we don't think are correct, like with the what what we've projected. Now we could be wrong on what we've projected, but there's a conflict here and we need to figure out what it really is. And the city council was kind of hand-waving them. They were like, you know what? We'll look into this. We'll, we'll take a step back, but you guys need to be open-minded here because a lot of people just don't like billboards because they're billboards. And, and those people are the people <laughs> that elected you to office. Yeah, right. You don't represent Reagan <laughs> yeah. fucking billboards. I know. It's so stupid. And, uh, but I was really happy with the way that the, uh, the planning commission handled themselves uh, because they were like, you know what? We'll be open-minded, but you guys have to be open-minded too that maybe we need to think of a different solution here than the one that's being proposed. And they just like, we're not having it. And so it's, I think uh, if you are, I I can't vote on these things. I can't, I don't really have a place to, uh, because I don't live in Mill Creek. You live in Mill Creek. I do. So uh, Mill Creek citizens, I would say, look into this and maybe consider the decisions that uh, your uh, city council uh, are, are making. And not only that, but it's uh, the mayor's doing this thing where he's recusing himself from any of this. Yeah. So in the he was at the city council meeting, and literally when they start getting into this, he just leaves the room. And I think his wife has ties with Reagan mm-hmm. and has done work with them. And uh, so yeah, this is this is a, this is literally a situation. And and the city council did say this. They were like, uh, if if we take too long on this, then they could back out, and that would be really bad for our city. And it's like, okay, well, if you've put the city in this position where now a corporation is responsible for the development, the, the, the progress of the city, then you've done it wrong. Yeah. You, that, that power always needs to be with the city or in the hands of the city. Um, and so you don't want to put us in a corner where, like, the, 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 the corporation has a say whether we develop the way that we want to or not. So I don't know what the solution is. I understand that Reagan probably owns that land. Um, there's been instances in the past where, uh, states have banned billboards and essentially they can vote different bills in and then take away the land that billboards own. Uh, I, I did see a whole, (laughs) um, I can't remember what that process is called. There's a certain specific like legal word for it. Um, but there was an article that was like four reasons why eliminating billboards in this way are bad. (laughs) And it was (laughs) billboardads.com that wrote that. And Uh, so like this billboard industry is like this whole industry of fuckery. Um, And we didn't even mention how big they are. Yeah. They are, it's going to be like a 27 foot tall thing. Mm -hmm. And then the actual billboard itself is 12 feet tall by 24 feet wide. Dang. And there's three of them. Just off the side of, basically going to be off the side of 3300. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be There'll be one off the side of... 3,300, one off the side of Highland, and yeah. one off the side of 13th East, I think. Yeah. What yeah. the fuck? That, yeah, that's... <laughs> so all those neighborhoods are going to have just this glow. Yeah. Constantly. And they're huge. 
Mm-hmm. They're just huge. That's like a freeway yeah. billboard. I mean, I don't know how big billboard billboards are on the freeway, yeah. but it's big. I wonder how like it's like f- 288 square feet. It is exactly 288 square feet. Yeah. I don't know why I said that as if I didn't know. I did do the math. That's insane. Um, I wonder how even effective billboards are at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I know that they used to plant those little, the random ones to like, that just put like a random address on there to track how effective billboards were. Yeah, well, that's, so you'll see these weird like yellow billboards around town that will be like, there was one that they ran last year that was like the first woman to vote. Yeah. And it's like centered on someone. And then there's a URL that's like really specific. And they, uh, so that's like a campaign that they put out there. So they're just trying to pique curiosity and get people to go to this website. And then they measure the traffic of the website. And then that's like, you know, how valuable it is or whatever. That's mm-hmm. how much traffic it gets. And that's how they gauge that type of thing, which I will admit is better than like Nielsen in tracking TV viewings or radio listens. But not much. But not much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only that, but that's also something that could be messed with. Like those metrics could be messed with. Mm-hmm. Um, it just seems like... A dirty industry. And not only that, but in the article, when Reagan was talking about this, they're like, we want to defend our rights, uh, like as a corporation, Mm -hmm. as a business, they're all about defending rights. And not only that, but like the history that they've had with Salt Lake and when they, uh, end up in the news, it's often because they're tussling with government. Yeah. And so they're a corporation that has actually had a lot of government influence. And you talked about how they've donated to a lot of people just in Mill Creek, let alone the entire state of Utah. Like they probably have an entire gigantic budget for how they donate to certain politicians. They donated to three of the six people involved in this story. Yeah. (laughs) There are only six people involved in this story and they donated to three of them. So it's a pretty high rate. Yeah. Absolute unprofessional bullshit. (laughs) Yep. Um, So uh, yeah, this, I mean, obviously affects Mill Creek specifically, but Reagan is has a lot of influence in Utah. So uh, if you're not as worried about this right now, cause you don't live in mill Creek, like it could happen oh, anyway. Yeah. Just It'll, wait, <laughs> wait till it comes to your neighborhood. Yeah. And the entire Salt Lake Valley will have to like bask in the just rainbow glow of uh, billboards. That's right. That are just being built all over in every neighborhood. Um, and yet we can't have like walkable grocery stores. Mm-hmm. Like we can have billboards in suburbs, but, um, yeah, anyway, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, they'll have like a resolution for that. Uh, so that was a deep dive in news this week. Uh, let's move on to a little segment that I'm just like, wanted to try this week. And I think this is something that I think we could repeat, mm-hmm. um, because I actually had fun prepping this. Um, so this is hypothetical questions about Utah. And so I came up with five different hypothetical questions. And obviously I have some answers that I uh, will kind of elaborate on as we start to talk about these things. But mostly I just want to treat this like I'm asking you these five hypothetical questions. Sure. Um, and they are psychotic. So um, <laughs> <laughs> play along at home uh, and reach out to us if you have a specific or great answer to any of these. So let's go through these. Okay. Hypothetical question number one. A new technology allows scientists to remove all pollutants from Utah air resulting in 100% clean oxygen year-round. However, this technology requires the deployment of an airborne chemical for one month, during which Utah residents cannot leave their home. So my question is, would you exchange one month of quarantine for 11 months of perfect air? I'm going to give you an answer, but I do have uh, like just a quick follow-up question. This is like okay. you literally cannot leave your house, like no grocery store. Yeah, we'll say we'll say like, you got to stock up for a month. We'll say that probably 15 to 20 minutes of exposure starts to cause health problems. Okay. So, yeah. I'm going to say yes. Yeah? I'm going we'll go to say I would do it. February, who gives a shit about February? <laughs> That's when you'd want to do yeah, it? It's short, yeah, it's a shorter month. I like that. It's like the the gross part of winter where everything's brown and melty and yeah. like nothing's that great. It's, it's like... There's not a ton to look forward to in February. You know what I mean? Like Valentine's Day, I guess, but, you know. Sure. Gets a lot of people off the hook for Valentine's Day plans. And you just, there's nothing more romantic than being trapped in your house with your loved one anyway. Right. So I'm going to say yes. And I'll just say, as long as it's February, I'm down to clown with it. 
I, I agree, actually, because so this is why I think this type of thing is different than what we experienced over the last year with like quarantining yourself. So there were many days where I spent I didn't leave the house once. Yeah. You know, uh, but I think it's different because the problem with the quarantine that we experienced is we didn't know when it was going to end. And that adds a certain kind of dread to it. But if you know February 1st to February 28th, you cannot leave the house, you start planning around it. You know? Absolutely. And maybe this becomes a time of reflection, you know, a meditative time or a time to take stock of things. And I think that could actually be pretty beneficial for people, you know? And um, be great for 90 year olds trying to beat every video game ever. Yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I agree. I think I would, I would, I would make that deal. I mean, just think about it this way. And I know that it probably a month is a bit dramatic, but I have lost at least three weeks of doing activities because of the smoky air this year, you know, sure. and it's only, it's only October. Yep. I still got two months left. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, I think actually if you break down the math of like good air and bad air days, you actually kind of come out about even. And it just makes me happy to see mountains. So yes. like, give me the, give me the clean air. I'm saying yes. Okay. Uh, hypothetical question number two, uh, city planners have found a way to eliminate the need for road construction, essentially making traffic disappear. However, to make this plan work, they need to remove the grid system, make all traffic stops roundabouts and allow corporations to name every street. Is this worth it? No, no. I'm going to say this one's no. Okay. Um, my reason being is that like the grid system is so easy to follow. Uh, yeah. that I would spend like double the time I spent in traffic because just of looking construction, for just looking for like <laughs> doTERRA drive or whatever, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? So I mean, I'd say no on this one, um, especially because the roundabouts are, are almost a construction of their own. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I've been, there have been a number of times where I'm like, do you not understand how to use this roundabout? Just yeah. please go. There, there's an, uh, an ever like lasting learning curve to the, to the roundabout. True. Yeah. Um, I do like roundabouts, though. I don't mind them. Yeah, we could get, we could go into a whole but tangent if about every traffic stop was a roundabout. That'd be a little, you know, tedious. Yeah, I like yeah. I like Oreos. But if every meal was an Oreo, I'm not sure I would love Oreos anymore. Yeah, honestly, the even more than the grid system caveat is the naming of the streets thing. Yeah, that really screws me up. Yeah. Because, like, what do you do? Yeah. Yeah. When you're like, where's your house? And they're like, doTERRA Drive. And you're like, what? Like, yeah, you where have the to, fuck is that? You have to learn those things before you can find them. And so that's why the grid system works so well, is because someone could give me an address anywhere in the valley. And I might not know exactly where to turn, but I know where to head. Yeah. You, you know, know the, I, you know, the general direction. Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, but I could pretty much find it without like maps or whatever. Totally. Um, and often I can't find it when things start to get wonky, like maybe around the Fort Union area yeah. where <laughs> <laughs> roads start to curve around in weird ways. And, uh, so yeah, I think, I think I'm on the same page. Um, okay. Hypothetical number three. So let's say you're single and you have a chance to meet your soulmate, essentially. Um, the only catch is that your soulmate is obsessed with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. <laughs> this means that you have to attend performances with them at least once per week. And anytime they're choosing music, whether it's in the car or wherever, their choice is always the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Could you make it work? This is a bit hard. Yeah. Uh, this <laughs> and it's specifically the once a week performance. That's like the really yeah. the hard thing. Um, because... The driving thing, it's like, you know, I drive most places anywhere. Yeah. Anyway. So I would imagine that I'm going to choose the music most of the time. And okay. if not, you know, I'll throw them a bone, give them, give them the Motab every yeah. once in a while. <laughs> um, but that live performance thing is pretty tough. Yeah. I'm going to say yes, though. I think I could, I think I could do it. If it's my soulmate, man, it's my soulmate. Yeah. You, know you, what ha I mean? you have to think that you're connecting on many more points than just music. Exactly. Think about it this way. I got home the other day. And my girlfriend was just jamming out to the to the Bambi score. Wait. I already live with someone who is obsessed <laughs> with something. Listening to the Bambi score or jamming out to the Bambi score? It was in the headphones and there was definitely some movement. There was movement, okay. Yeah, like I'm not, she wasn't vacuuming. So, you know, it was definitely some enthusiasm. Yeah, yeah. And she was into it. She was into it. So, I mean, Disney's not quite on the level of the Mormon Tabernacle Choir in terms of obscure obsessions. But, 
but it, but if yeah. I can if I can live with anyone's obsession, if anyone can live with my obsessions, then you know, yeah. there was like a month there where all I talked about was the Vietnam War because <laughs> I watched a couple documentaries. Yeah. So you yeah. know, I think it's good. I could do it. It's a different time of like it's but a lifetime obsession. Yeah, that's tough. With the with the and and that probably comes along with like uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir uh, mementos that go into your house. <laughs> True. Just like this obsession with the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Um, but I think I'm, I think, I think I'm in this, the same lane. I think if music is one thing you can make it, you know, if someone's your soulmate, you're connecting on way more than just music. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I can make that work though. I think the car, the car drives would be the, (laughs) yeah. Think about road trips. That'd be pretty tough. Yeah. That would be rough. Um, but you know, we got Bluetooth. They do covers, don't they? I guess maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Like they got, they they do like, they got a Christmas set list. Yeah. um, do they have a Halloween set list? I hope so. I know we should look into that. I want the <laughs> the uh, Mormon Tabernacle Choir spooky remixes. Okay, uh, hypothetical hypothetical number four. Uh, the Sundance Film Festival offers. Now this is based on uh, some some rants that you went on in Twitter this last week. This is I what did. inspired this, which you were not happy with the package, the ticket packaging rollout that I wasn't. So this is the hypothetical fix for that, um, and every fix has to come with uh, some compromise. So the uh, Sundance Film Festival offers a locals-only package that guarantees you a spot to every single Sundance film for $100. The reason they can offer it so cheap, though, is because every screening will take place in various Vasa fitness cardio cinemas. (laughs) Is this deal worth it? This one was also pretty tough for me. (laughs) (laughs) I thought about framing this two different ways. One, the cardio cinemas go unchanged, meaning the only places you have to actually be on a Stairmaster or stand on a treadmill. You don't necessarily have to have it going. Okay. But that's what you have to occupy. Or two, they clear out the equipment and they just have fold-out chairs. <laughs> but it still <laughs> smells like a gym. Yeah. So my part of me wants to say yes, just because currently when I work out, I just watch stuff. It's it's yeah. it's one of the few things, like watching a TV show or a movie is one of the few things that can get me to get my mind off of working yeah. out, which I don't love to do. So like music doesn't do that for me. Podcasts don't really do that for me. I can't do those, like listen to that stuff and work out very often. It has to be like an actually plot driven thing that I can like be wrapped up in. Uh But I have seen some very bad and boring Sundance movies in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I worry that like, all right, what's it going to be like? Like I can't imagine being on like a, a stationary bike while like, kindergarten teacher featuring Maggie Maggie Gyllenhaal you know what I mean like wasn't a fan I wasn't a fan you know I wanted to leave I wanted to leave the movie (laughs) when I had a comfortable seat in there yeah I can't imagine like what you said with the smell you know like all of these things (laughs) mixed with and you know like these machines make noise people huff and puff like it's just the experience I think will be ruined for me so I'll say no to the Sundance $100 thing Okay. I'll stick with the very stupid and expensive packages that they currently have listed. Yeah. And I was trying, I was thinking of different ways to, to like frame this. Uh, there, I started with maybe they were shown in like LDS stakes, like churches <laughs> in the gym where they have like a projector set up and yeah. they set up like chairs, essentially trying to make the most uncomfortable <laughs> viewing experience possible. Um, and then I thought about the cardio cinemas and I was like, Hey, I think that's perfect. That's I think that, it, I think that it is perfect as well. <laughs> um, but, it's a very good hypothetical. I mean, but there, I mean, some of those, especially the more independent you get with film, the less comfortable seating gets, they've really got it dialed in, uh, in mainstream movie theaters, True. your, your megaplexes so and cinemarks. It's a nice, comfortable movie going experience. Uh, as someone who usually goes to the grand theater at Salt Lake community college for these screenings, those chairs can take oh, their yeah. toll. Like, oh, for sure. Those chairs can be brutal after three movies in a day. You mm-hmm. know? Especially if you get stuck in the upstairs seating there, yes. your knees will hurt after the first 30 minutes. Yeah, and depending on where you are and like if you have to lean forward like a little bit to get your full view of the screen yeah. or whatever. Rough um, stuff. Grand, yeah. that, the <clears throat> Grand Theater Pass is not available anymore, Jordan, because Sundance hates locals. Uh, yeah. Uh, follow Dan on Twitter for more <laughs> on Sundance takes. Um yeah, I hope they, I mean, just as a small little tangent on that, I hope they do figure something out. But hopefully this is just a COVID type yeah. setup. I will say, I used to just always get the 10-ticket package. It's yeah. the locals only 10-ticket package. You get to mm-hmm. choose whatever theaters you want to go to. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. 
even though that is a, a an additional charge on top of just buying an individual ticket, that's yeah. okay because you get your priority ticketing and all of that. Sure. $500 for 10 tickets is absurd. Mm-hmm. So that's it. That's all I, that's all I yeah. got. Yeah. Well, $500 is how much the, the all-access pass used to cost for Salt Lake City yeah. just two years ago. Just yeah. two short years ago, you could have spent $500 and seen every movie you wanted to. Mm-hmm. So yeah. 10 um, movies isn't a lot. Did you see today that they uh, announced a new, I don't know what they call it, a commissioner for the oh, Sundance yeah. Film Festival? Yeah. The one, so it was a woman that works for the Toronto International Film Festival, and then she's going to be overseeing Sundance. Uh, I mean, we, I've, I've, I think I've said on this podcast before that like Sundance is kind of giving less and less of a shit about Utah, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, you can't really blame them cause that's not their whole mission. Sure. It's just Utah's a venue to them, but also it's like, if you're going to have it here, maybe pay attention to the locals and the people that you're dealing with. Cause not only that, but your entire volunteer system for the most part is made up of locals. Yeah. I mean, people do fly into like volunteer and stuff, but, um, so I don't know. Maybe it's a good time to start a new film festival. That's yeah. Maybe it's just like Salt Lake. Like Salt Lake's a way better place to have a film festival than Park City. In it my is. Opinion. It's so much better. It's so close to the airport. Very few parking situations in Park City. Yeah, you have to get bussed everywhere up there. Yeah, and which is fine. Buses are good, mm-hmm. but make that whole make the whole system like that. Yeah, then. and like seventy percent of all of the Salt Lake Valley is parking lots. So yeah, like we've got exactly. plenty here. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the final hypothetical question. Weed is legalized statewide, and alcohol is no longer monopolized by the DABC. In order to purchase either, though, you need to hold a license, and this license only stays valid if you attend a weekly one-hour D.A.R.E. presentation hosted by Mike Lee. Do those vices immediately become less important to you? I think that it's perfect because I think all of those things go hand in hand. I think that Uh it... To listen to Mike Lee talk for an hour about anything, I need yeah. weed and alcohol. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, I'm definitely saying no. I'm not going to do that. I'll yeah. just keep keep your privatized liquor and yeah. and your your you know convoluted medical marijuana system, and I'll yeah. just keep living life the way I have been because I'm fine. I don't want to listen to Mike Lee talk. Yeah, it's, t- <laughs> it's so not worth it. No. Way. The only uh, workaround, and I I allow caveats because I think they offer. Gr- better discussions, but, sure. uh, I, I was thinking about this and I'm like, maybe if just to, you know, I, I imagine this as being a, 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 a virtual presentation. Okay. So that does change things a little bit. Yeah. Let's just say uh, on Mike Lee's end, he just has to record his presentation once a week and he's do- doing this because he's passionate about it. He wants to reach out to the, to the citizens and talk about drugs and alcohol. Um, I don't know. It changes week by week. Maybe he, one week he wants to do a spoken word thing, you know, maybe one week he just wants to rap, make it a musical thing. He's going to change up his presentation every week, keep it fresh. Uh, but you just have to tune in. If you have a license, you have to log in. You have to type in your license number for access. And then it checks you in and your license stays valid. And if you miss it, then you have to do something to get it back online. Like I could, I could, I could get around that. I could get around that as well. Um, yeah. The weekly part is still pretty tough, but I mean, if it's like, if it's something where I can log in and kind of, I, there are these, I don't want to tell them myself, mm-hmm. but there are these meetings that my company has like every couple months yeah, where it's just like a kind of a quote unquote lunch and learn. Yeah. And for the most part, I just kind of like listen. I don't really like pay attention to yeah. the screen or anything. You're just not required listen. to participate. Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of turn my little camera off and, okay. and listen. I like that. And if I'm able to do that, maybe I could. Maybe I could give it a, definitely give it a trial run, you know, at the very least. Yeah. The worst case scenario is that I don't have this cool license with, with all of these cool perks, but. I did this, this was a really silly, uh, counter offer to legalizing all this stuff. But I also, when I wrote it, I was like, this actually seems like some shit Utah would do. Yeah, totally. You know, it didn't, it didn't seem that far fetched after, cause I was like, oh, this is silly. And then I started reading it more and more and I'm like, they would pull some shit like this. They would totally you pull know? some shit like this. <laughs> um, it's just, it's the same thing. I mean, look, it's not the, it's not the same thing in terms of like access, but like, it's the same thing as when they make you go get like a, they make you like listen to the, the baby's heartbeat or whatever when you're trying to get an abortion yeah. type thing. It's that exact the, same thing that the Zion curtain. Exactly. You know, we're just going to pretend like the alcohol that you're ordering is not really here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
until it comes to your table, then you got to drink it. Um, but drink it fast and yeah. cover it with your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and order lots um, of food. Anyway, so yeah, I like those hypotheticals. Yeah, that was I think fun. I want to. I think I want to start doing a, a maybe, uh, especially if we have like guests on, we just throw hypotheticals their way. That um, is fun. I do like those. Um, that's going to do it uh, for the Holy Hive show today. Just some weekend agenda stuff coming up this uh, weekend. Uh, Kilby Court block party. Let's go. Happening. Young the Giant built a spill. Um, I don't know how. Have you heard of I don't know how? I don't. Uh, so do you remember the Brobex? Yes. It's uh, it's it's Dallin Weeks. Oh, that interesting. Guy's, that guy's new band. Um, I'm just like, I'm I'm ride or die for Brobex. As soon as, he, as soon as he started playing for Panic at the Disco, I was kind of bummed. I was like, I don't care about Panic. I just want Brobex back. Yeah. Um, I've, uh, anyway, uh, so yeah, a ton, tons of other uh, people playing. That's Saturday. October 2nd, gates open at 1 p.m. Uh, Russ at Saltair. You listen to much Russ? No, never. No. I don't think. Yeah, me, me neither. Uh, Oktoberfest still going on at Snowbird and uh, Snow Weissen. I didn't hear about this until just this last week. So from your look, I, I assume you haven't heard yeah, of it either. Yeah, I don't think I've heard of it either. Snow Weissen. It's basically Oktoberfest, but at Snow Basin in Ogden. Oh, how interesting. I know. And I was that's like, this they started weekend? doing that? Yeah. Mm. I was like, that was pretty cool. Uh, I'm all for Snow Basin doing more stuff like yeah. that. Anyway, that's going to do it for the uh, Holy Hive this week. Make sure you follow us on uh, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, subscribe to us anywhere you get podcasts or videos on YouTube at Oddly Utah. And we'll talk to you next week. See ya.